0: Yeah, no, I'm all about, like, mocking the intro just because I just feel like a catchphrase or something that's like, uh, I just, I can't do it. It just seems like, I don't know, embarrassing. Anyway, hi! As I, as (laughs) I, as I mock it. Okay, so, um, first thing I want to talk about, it's been, um, a little while since I've recorded. I took a nice break for the holidays. Um, I think I, I started to get away from the idea that I had to have a set day or time that I was doing this. I think that when I first started this podcast, it was like once a week. I have to do it once a week. And then I kind of had this shift of like, especially during COVID and, and the holidays of like, you can do this whenever it feels right for you. Um, it's not something that needs to be kind of like set in stone. So I took a break and I actually never even said that I took a break, but I did. I took a break right after I did the episode with Sarah about boundaries. And it felt kind of nice. And, and I know you that we're going to talk about, um, you know, taking breaks from social media, but I, I'm back. Let's see how this goes. Um, it's funny, every time I take this break, I think that when it, because I've done it before, things will be different when I'm when I'm hitting record again. And I think in this case, things are different, but not in a good way, right? So it's like, okay, you know, I had all this hope of, like, in March or in April or in May and then all the way up until now, like, when I take a break, I won't, I won't have to talk about the pandemic or I won't have to talk about whatever. And now it's, like, every day that we are living in this, like, you know, right what's going on right now, every day is, like, oh, we're going to put this in a history book and this is going to be, you know, everything is... is what did we say earlier? Like, it's just so overstimulating. Yeah. So, um, with that being said, we, I think for me personally, I could keep taking these breaks because it's the easy thing to do instead of kind of like digging deep and being like, all right, there are still things that we can talk about. So without further ado, um, I have Deanna here with me today from the ladies guide, um, which we've been trying to plan this for what? almost a year.
1: Yeah. Literally right before the pandemic, we were supposed to get together. I think it was the beginning of March. It was the beginning of March. So I remember
0: it was the beginning of March because we were like, yeah, let's do it. And then when things started getting dicey, we were like, how about the end of March? We thought like (laughs) that was going to be it. Like, oh, well a couple more weeks. And then we were both like, you know what, let's just, let's just call it. And then, so it's been almost a year. So, in that year, I feel like everything is just, like, catapulted and changed. So, can you indulge me for a second and talk about who you are, what you're doing, what your kind of, what your role has been as far as, like, day job, and then what made you kind of transition into um, the platform that you've you've created? So, can you just, like, indulge me for a second? Yeah.
1: All right. Um. So... I have been working as a women's health nurse practitioner now for six-ish years, almost seven, I think now. It goes by really fast. Um, so I got my training, you know, in nursing and went through my master's, all of that, with, have been in, like, traditional healthcare for most of that time, and while it's been lovely because I am really obsessed with everything women's health, um, I started getting super frustrated with just, like western medicine and kind of healthcare and how insurance is and all these like restrictions that are put not only on me but on like the patients that I care for and yeah. I'm sure like a lot of people listening have like been in situations where you can't get certain things or it's not covered or you can't see who you really want to see because it's it's too expensive and all these crazy stuff or and even
0: when not to interrupt you or even when you do see the person you have like six minutes. Yes. And it's yeah. like, you don't, you don't feel comfortable being able to be like, wait, but I have another question. Cause you can tell that they want you like out. Yes. And,
1: and that's like, I'm on the other side of that, of like having that crammed visit mm-hmm. where I need to see all these people and just feeling frustrated with it and having like my own health stuff go on over like the past few years and just realizing that, medicine is not the only solution and in fact it it takes a lot of power away from us when we just focus on like a person in a white coat and a medicine having like all the answers and the solutions instead of like what we're doing for ourselves every single day like those tiny little things that people don't really think about are really making the impact of like everything and I used to work in the hospital when I was a nurse and like I saw like the end of people's lives when Mm -hmm. They, like, made a lot of bad decisions that, like, now they look back on. They're like, oh, like, I should have done this. And it's like, I want to help people never have to get there, and especially women, and just how to improve their health. So I thought of creating the Ladies' Guide Like a little over a year ago, it was like a YouTube channel that I started and then the Instagram. And I just really wanted to create like a space where women can come to and like have factual information and just learn more about their bodies, learn how to like navigate a visit in the office and just questions that I hear all the time and Google while it could be useful <laughs> it's also could go crazy and you think you're dying and you have cancer like for uh, like the mildest thing
0: right. a headache or yeah
1: right and so I just wanted to create a space to like provide that information and connect with women and that's kind of evolved into um, offering hormonal balance sessions, which is really like my passion because.
0: <laughs> Let's you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Unedited. Uh, Sarah's also here from the last episode. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> just casually sneezing. Just uh, On my just books. A
1: casual observer.
0: <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. Okay, I'm so sorry. No,
1: no. So. <laughs> So yeah, so my my focus has become um, hormonal balance, which is really everything, like everything <clears throat> that so many of us go through really comes down to our hormones not being balanced right. and like this heavy reliance on birth control, just like not being the answer and Right. things with like PCOS and just a lot of uh, infertility issues, like all different things that um, I hear about all the time and just seeing it in my practice of like them going on birth control and it not really helping and they're still in the same position or they get off birth control and they still have the same issues and just realizing like I need to help these women in a different way like I have for myself. So it's been awesome to do. Um, so while I still do work in the office, I'm definitely trying to evolve more into that, doing more virtual sessions and like, it's been amazing. I've connected with women from like South Africa and Australia and like, it's like,
0: Oh my gosh, like,
1: like, that's, like, the beautiful thing about the internet, while it's definitely a lot, like, going from healthcare to doing social media and trying to put myself out there, like, has not been easy at all, and I definitely have, like, the days where I'm like, what am I doing, and... Oh yeah, of course,
0: I mean, (laughs) I think that, and I think the the cool thing is that you and I had started kind of at the same time, I think it was, like, within weeks of each other, where... We both were, like, I hope that I'm being heard, uh, I'm glad enough, but I think we were both, like, pretty fired up, like, with, like, Rachel Hollis stuff, and we were feeling very motivated, and I remember we had a conversation, you were thinking about doing it, and then you did, and then I, that kind of drew me, like, you, I will say, like, and this is not just, like, me, you know, blowing smoke, but, like, you starting what you did, like, forced me oh. into, like, just do it, yeah. like, wh- what do you, what do you have to lose? So, you know, people who do listen to this podcast, like, I'm talking to the person who made me, made me do it. Um, so I want to kind of back up a little bit cause you, you spoke about some really important things, but can we, can we back up and in, in just what made you want to do this in the first place? Like, where did you find like this, you know, being a nurse practitioner, but then also the being as specific as you are right now with dealing with like, you know, GYN and things like that. So what mm-hmm. made you, um, choose this?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's probably, it's evolved because like even where, what I started, what I thought I wanted to do has evolved. Definitely when I was in nursing school, like I had no clue what I really wanted to focus in and I had like my first labor and delivery clinical day and I had to wake up at like four in the morning and go and like up to that point, every clinical I would go to, I'd basically be in tears of like, it, the nurses were really mean and it just um. like wasn't a good experience and like getting up that early and all that stuff. But I went to my day, and like, I saw a birth. And I was literally in tears, and I was like, I don't even know this person, and it was the most beautiful experience. Like even the
0: grossness of oh, it? Oh, yeah, it did, okay. like, it
1: was just, like, this is amazing, and, like, I know some of you out there would be like, what is she talking about? But I have,
0: like, you know, like, <laughs> seven men who listen to this. Actually, I don't know how many, but I can think of, like, a few people off the top of my head that are like, oh, this episode is not what I <laughs> thought it was going to be. Exactly, exactly. I thought you were going to talk about salacious things. We're talking about, we're talking about birth. Yes. No, it's, I cannot totally see that. Have you ever watched the, um... The Netflix documentary, Lennox Hill. Have you watched it? I've this? seen it,
1: but I haven't watched yeah, it. Yeah, there's
0: one... They follow four doctors over the course of a year. And I started watching it at the beginning of the pandemic. I cannot recommend it enough. One doctor that they follow is a labor and delivery doctor. Mm-hmm. And, like, every um, part of an episode that deals with her, like, helping with a birth is, like, the coolest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. But yeah. I'm also, like, watching it like... <laughs> oh my God, what is happening? Like, and I'm like, I, I think that I have a high pain tolerance. And then like, I watch that and I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. So it's, it's wild. It is
1: wild. It's intense. But having that experience definitely was like, all right, I know I want to do women's health. And so that kind of got me into that track. Um, and then just that's kind of evolved. Like now really focusing more on hormonal health. It's just more, from my personal journey of, like, a lot of health things that I've gone through since I was a child and really connecting the dots of, like, what that... Why that was really happening all stemmed so much of, like, lifestyle and food factors that, like, I had no concept on. And it's not something that's going to be even talked about, like, in nursing or in in med school. Like, it's not... Nutrition is not really a thing that's talked about and how that's connected to, like, our hormonal health and our bodies. I mean, definitely for both men and women, but definitely for women because we have so much fluctuation going on throughout the month that like it matters so much and it's just not talked about. So once I kind of saw the things that I helped heal myself, I knew that like, and I, it's really the questions that I hear from my patients over and over again kind of helps to steer me of like, what really, where do I need to focus? Yeah. And what are these underlying
0: issues? Yeah, I think it's so interesting that, you know, throughout med school, nursing school, any like medical field, there you don't look at the whole picture and which is so interesting because now i think we're starting to see a change in not that you know piece of it but people being more aware mm-hmm. and i think even just like looking at people who um who do things with nutrition and then they'll say okay i was feeling this way i eliminated this or i incorporated this and now i'm feeling so much better and you're like it can't be that easy But it's something that we're so, like, not in tune with Mm -hmm. um, that we think, oh, we can, you know, take this pill or we can, you know, try this patch or this, you know, implant or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think for me, I think the – I saw this thing the other day and it was like, you know, we don't drink any water, right? You don't drink any water during the day, then you have a headache. So you take two Advil, right? With a full glass of water, and you you thank the Advil for doing its job when really it probably w- could have just been the water. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so interesting <laughs> because it's true. Like you're like, oh, I have a headache. Okay, I'm going to take a Tylenol. Let me and I'll drink some water with it. And you're like, well, it could have been the water. You mm-hmm. could have just been dehydrated. Um, so I think that's interesting. But anyway, um, so what has the experience been like for you? So the difference between your office setting in in doing what you do and then with The ladies' guide, like, what's how's that experience for you? Yeah,
1: oh, so in the office, it's that it's more of the traditional GYN. Like, if you're going in for your annual, like, that's I can see you know, I see women um, for their annuals, their pap smears, any kind of testing, their birth control refills. It's a very constricted kind of setting, it's 15 minutes tops, mm-hmm. and I have to see the next person, not to mention like all the COVID restrictions, and like, unfortunately, now like women who are pregnant, they can't have their partners with them or any oh. like support person in the in the exam rooms. It's different in the hospital, but right. it's still, it, it sucks. Um, but it's very fast paced. It's short constraint kind of thing. While I do. And if any of my patients are listening, like <laughs> I love you. Um, it's just, I'm sure it's, kind of frustrating for you yeah. and it's kind of it's frustrating for me and it is draining um that kind of atmosphere yeah. and it's like it's just a known fact right that that's the way I it feel is. like
0: burnout is oh yeah so real like even with not to make it about me but like with teachers mm-hmm. like going 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 all day because you're live well you know you're live in person yeah when that was happening but now virtually and it's like you're forced to like exude this like level of energy and yes. then when it's all over you're like Okay, like oh, I, yeah. I always equate it to, like, putting on, like, a show. Yeah. Like, you're, like, an actor for a second. And, yeah, so I can't even imagine, because you're seeing, like, one after the other after the other after yeah. the other. Yeah. So then, contrast that with the ladies' guide, so how's that for you? Like, oh,
1: I, I love it. It's the most energizing thing, because I get to spend a full hour with somebody. Yeah. And it's virtually, but we really do a very thorough intake and I want to know like so much more than I can usually get to in an office visit right. um, to really understand their concerns and their lifestyle. And like, we go into everything because everything matters. Like you're asleep. What's your stress level? What do you do for work? Like, do you have help at home? Like there's so many oh, yeah. elements of like a person's life that. Can- We really get into that and then I help make a personalized plan depending on what's going on with their, what symptoms or concerns they have and, um, kind of go from there, you know, seeing them, you know, I'm very flexible, obviously life, the world is crazy right Right. now. So, you know, some people I see once a week, some it's twice a week, but, um, really helping them stay accountable too, because that's the other thing that I realize in the office, right? So you tell someone in the office, and you've probably been there, like, eat healthier. Like, yeah. you have five minutes to tell someone to eat healthier. Like, how much can I really spend yeah. on going into details? Drink water. Right. Hydrate. And exercise. To, exactly. Yeah. And not to mention, like, saying something to somebody is not enough. No. Like... There's no follow-up. There's no follow-up. There's not really accountability. Change is hard. Like, mm-hmm. that's the reality. Change is really hard. Like, I've been there, and being in the office and, like, telling somebody that is kind of ignoring the fact that, like change is like a big issue that Mm -hmm. sometimes that is like a hurdle that you have to kind of tackle like why is it like what is making it hard to do this and how can I help you so that we make this like a habit or sometimes it's like a self-worth thing yeah or like do I deserve this or like I'm not putting myself first so that's another thing that I really focus on on the sessions with the ladies (laughs) guy
0: excuse me yeah you're fine
1: is that I um really like hone in on their self-care and see, like, usually it's non-existent because as women, especially, like, we put everybody else first before ourselves and it's just so normalized. We don't
0: even think about it.
1: Yeah, we don't even think about it. So, like, sometimes just the the getting you to realize it of, like, oh, I don't show up
0: for myself. It's so funny because while you were talking, I I had this thought of, like, you know, when you talk about change and you talk about, you know, telling somebody... You know, if you do this, it will change that. And people have this, I, I think even for myself personally, there was so, there it was such a, a long amount of time where I used to say, oh, but this is just how I am. This yeah. is just what, I, this is how my body is, or this is how I was born, or this is what it's like in my family. And then it brought me to another thought, because you were saying about self-care, I grew up with, and I you know... My parents are great, and they did the best they could with what they had, and and they raised my brother and I very well. But I have a mom who has not done anything for herself in the 50-plus years that she's been alive. I've never seen my mom sit down, right? Like, she's been in the kitchen, you know, for for 50 years, and she, you know, took care of my brother. She took care of me. She takes care of my dad. Like, you know, it's that, it's cultural, too. Mm -hmm. It's that Italian, you know... Uh, you're the caregiver. Like, when you become a wife and a mother, you, that is who you are. You're no longer a single being. And I think that she has a hard time with, you know, she has, you know, her own autoimmune things, and she's not very well, and she has a hard time taking care of herself because she thinks it's
1: selfish. selfish and yep. it's,
0: oh, I don't need to do that. No, you know, maybe another day. Or And I'm like, lady, you know, <laughs> this is what you have to do. And, and I think that there's a, a like a little little like um. Sorry, a level of like contention because I'm like, if you just did this and yeah. I, so it's almost like it's easier to stay stuck because yeah. it's what change she knows. is hard. Yeah. Change is so hard.
1: It totally, totally. And that's, that's why that is like the first thing that I really tackle with my clients yeah. because I've realized that I can talk to my face is blue mm-hmm. about all of the good things and they might say yes and like have the best intentions, but like, it's not gonna last. yeah,
0: it's not going to last. It's and like a new year's resolution. Yeah. yeah.
1: So getting down to what does your self care look like right now? What, how do you show up for yourself every day? So, does, is that even a thing? So what know? does self
0: care look like for you?
1: So for me right now it's been crap. Yeah,
0: well you're you're not feeling <laughs> Yeah, well. not
1: feeling too great, but I, it's my reminder to get back on. I have like right. a super stiff neck. It like it literally happens every time I fall off my self care routine, like every few years this happens. So it's really like, Yeah, it's totally my reminder to be like, stop it, uh-huh. like get back on your
0: Isn't that funny? Your, your body yeah. tells you. Oh absolutely it's, it's like, always talking to us. But well, that's usually the thing. we get it we get uh um, used, used to the noise. Yeah. So you're like, Oh totally. like for me, like I always have a stomach ache. Mm -hmm. Every time I eat, my stomach always hurts. That's just who I am. I thought that was totally normal. When I started dating Frank, we would go out to dinner or do whatever, and I'd be, like, doubled over in pain for hours after. Like, you know when you have the full feeling? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it goes away after a little while, mine would get worse. And he'd be like, hey, that's not normal. I'm (laughs) like, what do you mean? This doesn't happen to you? Yeah. So it's like, it's like the, you know how you get used to, like, the sound of your alarm, so yeah. you'll sleep through it. Like mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's just noise after a while. Yeah. Um. And I think that when you finally have that minute of like, hold on, wait, 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 I'm not supposed to feel achy all the time, or my like for me. So I, you know, we'll talk about what the changes that I've been making. But brain fog, brain oh, fog okay. all day long, tired, and I just thought that was what I. I was looking at supplements to make me focus better, and I'm like, wait a second, that it shouldn't be this this difficult to like not feel like I'm underwater all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. Sorry. So self care. is no, it no, look like for you? No.
1: Um, on normal, good, yeah. good times. Um, I really am try to stay committed to my morning, like little ritual. Right. And it seems so simple, but it's really everything. So it's not about necessarily like going to get your nails done, or your hair done as like your self care, but it's the little things that you do every mm-hmm. single day. So for me, that looks like reading for at least five minutes Um, and, and that's the other piece. Like sometimes we get so focused on, well, I don't have time. I don't have the time. Mm -hmm. No, everybody has the time. You make the time. Yeah. And if you have 15 minutes of freedom in your morning to have that little bit of time. So five minutes of reading, five minutes of journaling. So is this
0: reading in a book, in a Kindle, articles? I I like books. Yeah.
1: I love the physical book. I don't do like the the other types, but, um, or like,
0: Yeah. Sparingly. I yeah. mean, obviously you can see this bookshelf. It's, like, bursting <laughs> at the seams. Anything that,
1: like, you're interested in.
0: Even it could be a podcast. So I was gonna say, are you... Because obviously I could talk about books for days, but, like, is it fiction? Is it nonfiction? Is it a little bit of both? Is it... It's more, like motivational nonfiction kind of like that's my
1: thing all right um or even like I have a book right now yeah what are you reading it's it's one of those books that like every day has like a little blurb of like an inspirational thing I love that it's like journey to the soul or journey to the heart it's like a common yoga book that like oh okay cool and it's like little excerpts like little words of wisdom like in the morning quick like read Five yeah minutes. exactly yeah,
0: love that and then um, I'll, reading
1: journaling um when it's warmer out I go outside or usually once it gets like springtime I always do this out on my porch because just like being out in nature does wonders for just starting our day and like seeing the sunlight in the morning mm-hmm. is like so important for how our health is our hormones work, like. Again, these are such simple things, or re- uh, listening to a podcast, like something motivational that maybe like, in
0: short supply. Exactly, I don't know. I don't
1: know.
0: maybe
1: <laughs> <laughs> anything that's gonna like make you feel a little, you know, a little bit better than when you woke up, and to just get you on the right foot. And it seems like, what does that have to do with my health? What does it have to do I feel with like my it, hormones? It's everything. but yeah, so it is.
0: I, I love that you said seeing the sunlight in the morning, so I think a lot of, like, me included, the first light that I see in the morning is my phone mm-hmm. light, and that already puts you almost, like, on the defense of your day, because oh, let's yeah. say you open up your phone to check the time, or to see if you have a message, then you open up, you know, Instagram, or you look at the news from the night before, and then it's audit, you're automatically, like, battling all of the stimulation, whereas, like, if you started your day with being outside. Mm-hmm. And don't look at your phone until X time. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like that's probably the hardest thing with people, um, is scaling back on the phone.
1: Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing I'll say, like, all of those things I just said, I do before checking my phone. I actually keep my phone out in the kitchen. I've been doing that now for years, and it how really that? helps now, me. Now, do you,
0: I want to do something like that, mm-hmm. but I have this like, irrational fear of, like, something. what if someone needs me in the middle of the night? Yeah. Like, how does, like, well, my you... husband
1: has his phone yeah, in the room true. and I that's feel true. like, you know, it, God forbid anything, like his phone is on. But for me, I just don't want the temptation yeah. to like, because that was like the default. That's yeah. like most people's default. You don't even think then, about it. Exactly. And then you're on all the apps and now an hour's gone by mm-hmm. and you have, now, now you're like, rushing. A- rushing. Yeah. Exactly. So that like really helps me. And I also try to be very conscious of not turning on the news, like first thing in the morning, yeah. you know, like. I know that's another thing that's, like, habit for people, but I don't you're do turning it. on the noise in your brain first thing in the morning instead of, like, like,
0: seeping in. Yeah, yeah, instead
1: of, like, starting on a calm note. Because by doing these little routines, it also creates self-discipline for yourself.
0: Yeah. So do you wake up at the same time every single day? Uh,
1: <laughs> sort of. So before yeah. COVID,
0: I was religious in 5 a.m. Yeah. 5 a.m. every single morning. Stellar morning routine when I tell you I'd get up at five, I'd come in here to this room, I would journal, I'd read for a little bit. You know, well, first thing, obviously, like wash my face, brush my teeth, get ready for the day, yeah. all that stuff, right? Then come in here, journal, read for a little while, go downstairs, coffee, and whatever, and then I'd look at my phone. Mm-hmm. And this is like a nice reminder of like that worked. Yeah. Like, that worked. Yeah. Because now it's like, because I'm working from home, oh, mm-hmm. I can get up a little bit later and I can do this. And, you know, I wear um, I wear glasses. I wear, you know, we're in contacts right now. So, first thing in the morning, I can't see anything. I have my glasses at my night table. The first thing I do is put on my glasses so that I can look at my phone. And I, I just, while you were talking, I'm like, that's an extra step that I do to look at the phone. Mm-hmm. Like, if I just didn't do that and I got up and, you know, came into the bathroom and got myself ready and then did this, that's like a whole you know, you're avoiding it and it's probably doing more, more good than anything else. Yeah. Cause I, you know, the first thing that I do in the morning is throw on my glasses. And it's like, if I didn't do that, I mean, I'd be able to make it to the bathroom <laughs> and, and see things, but the sole purpose I do it yeah. is to see my phone. And I just think that that's, I don't even, you know, you don't realize the magnitude of that. No. Whereas I'm so good before I go to bed to not look at my phone. crazy yeah and
1: it's really it's the definitely the night too Mm -hmm. but in the morning as well and it just yeah it creates that self-discipline for yourself you're showing up for yourself first thing in the morning making yourself feel good filling up your own cup so that you can help others in the best way and it it really does kind of prime the body physically and mentally to feel better you know when you're doing that consistently and that's you know when you mentioned like supplements that like you felt like you wanted to take like Our society is so hooked on quick fixes, and it's, like, if it's not right away, then, like, I'm not doing that.
0: (laughs) Well, even with a supplement, it's, like, this could take eight weeks, and you're, like, I don't want eight weeks. I (laughs) want tomorrow, right? I think that, you know, we are so instantaneous. We want our news right now. We want our social media, you know, feedback right now. We want instant, 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 where it's, like, these little small things that you're talking about, eventually they will be instant because mm-hmm. you'll get used to it and then you're going to see those results. Right. So, um I had a question and now I'm, I'm kind of blanking, but it's you know, I think what you said about um okay, so little things that you can do in the morning to kind of set yourself up and fill in your own cup. How so I know a lot of people wake up with just enough time to get themselves ready and out the door. So how long do you think you need in this morning routine to then be able to tackle your day? So, like, if you are if you have to be at work or leave for work at a certain time, how do you back that up to know when to get up?
1: Mm. For me? Yeah,
0: for you personally. Because, you know, for me, I know my time. Like, yeah. my 5 a.m. was so I could was leave like, the house at 7. Like, yeah. I gave myself two hours. Yeah. Do I need two hours? Absolutely not. But I loved the idea of, sm- of a slow morning. Yeah. Because it made me feel like I was starting my day on my terms. So by the time I got to work, I was like, Woo, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Now it's not so much Yeah, yeah.
1: I know. Everybody's lives yeah. have been turned upside down. But I would say, actually, the other thing. So the 15 minutes of like so that, that little routine is, like to me, a non-negotiable that yeah. I try to get all my clients to do and like really encourage and try to stick with that myself. But then also... Besides that, I would do yoga in the morning, mm-hmm. like forty-five to an hour forty-five minutes to an hour. So with all that, I would say three hours is when I feel wow. the absolute best of like I got in everything for me. I ate like a good breakfast. Mm-hmm. Like I was able to get ready and not feel rushed. And I know that's like People might hear that be like, oh, my God. But, How could you
0: do that? Yeah, right, but right, that right. involves,
1: that really goes back to your night routine. Mm-hmm. What time are you going to bed? Like, can you tweak that so that you're not going to bed at 11, 12? Because obviously oh God, then no. that's, like, crazy to to wake up. I mean, I know some people can, can I'm, function. I'm surprised but...
0: I'm still awake right now. <laughs> like, this is, like, bedtime for me. I don't know about you. Oh, my like, God, yeah, it's 9. Yeah, 9 o'clock. I, I mean, I, what time did you get here? 6.30? We've just been, like, chatting. Well, that's another thing. I, I feel like we didn't even kind of... I'm so bad at this. We didn't really talk about how we even know each other. <laughs> um, do you mind? No, if I, yeah. So, I've known you for 17 years. Let's talk about that for a second. Right? 17? Yeah. Oh my god. 17 years. So, Sarah, who was on my last episode, Deanna is her older sister. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, and listen, like, and, sorry Sarah, but I feel like within this last year, you and I have gotten so much closer. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously not closer than you, Mr. <laughs> sneeze-a-lot over there, but, um, Mister? yeah, well, that's what you get, oh. that's what you get, um, <laughs> we've gotten so much closer because we're kind of in the trenches together through mm-hmm. this, whether it was, like, personal growth, motivational stuff, and then now for me, um, you know, nutrition and health and wellness and all that, so we've known each other for such a long time, um, and I feel like you know, and, you know, again, I've said this before, but, like, I've always looked up to you. There's always been, like, a, oh, my gosh, even when we were younger, like, mm-hmm. we would be hanging out at your house, and, like, you, obviously, you were too cool to hang out with us at, you know, <laughs> until you realized, you know, that we were kind of worth hanging out with. That only came in the last, you know, 10 years or so. But, um, I would be like, oh, my God, I want to be like her. I want to oh be, my God. also, you're, like, eight <laughs> feet tall, where it's, like, I, you know, on a good day, I'm not even scratching the surface of five feet ever. Um, you know, you just had this way about you. And it's funny because when you talk about your journey to being where you are, from the outside, like, I always thought you had it all together. Always. And it's, like, that's what, you like, people, and I don't mean to be, like, overly preachy, but, like, you never know what people deal with. No. You just don't. And it's, yeah. like, I, you were, like, the epitome of, like, beauty and grace and, like, oh, my God, you're so cool and, you know, like... Because I, had a bro- I have a brother. Like, all I saw was, like, sweat and, like, burps and his gross friends. And, like, I never saw, like, the other... How the other half lived, you know what I mean? And I'd be like, wow, having a sister is, like, this whole other world. And, you know, you guys shared clothes. And I was just like, this is the craziest experience where, like, my brother was like, get out of my room. <laughs> Don't come in here again. Don't come near my friends. Um, so, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. But within the past year... a a little bit over a year at this point. Yeah. It's been like a totally different relationship, Mm -hmm. I feel. Yeah. Unless it's just me projecting (laughs) and you're like, uh what? You're just Sarah's friend? (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we've known each other for a long time. So with that being said, you've taught me a lot, you know, throughout all of these years, but within the last year, like, what it actually means to take care of yourself. I think we throw around that term of self care and people are like, Oh yeah, 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 massages Mm -hmm. and, and hair salons and you know, oh, I'll journal or I'll drink more water. But, like, I think at the the root of it, self-care is hard work. Mm -hmm. It's, like, you need to be able to dig deep and figure out what you need to do for yourself so that you can then show up well for other people. Yeah. Because I notice, for me, when I don't practice any self-care, I'm so much more short with people. And I'm, like, it's because I have nothing left. I'm, Mm -hmm. like, running on fumes. So... When it comes to self-care, you know, we talk about the morning routine, the evening routine. Um, how important do you think, and, and you know, I know that this is, like, a, a, a question that is going to be broad, but how important do you think nutrition falls into that self-care? Like, so people think about self-care of, you know, um, washing your face before bed mm-hmm. so you don't fall asleep with makeup on, <laughs> or, you know, drinking more water, but, like, the foods that you're consuming. Like, I think people think... Oh, I as long as I'm eating, you know, three meals a day because we tend to not do that as women sometimes too. Mm-hmm. You know, we we eat one meal a day because we have to we have to do this and we have to feed this person and you know we'll give a family. I even see it with me and, and Frank when I make dinner and like you know there's there's more like leftovers. I'll be the first one to be like, no, no, no you have it. Like mm-hmm. even if I want it, no, no, no you have. And it's, again, I think it's from when we were kids and I would see my mom, you know, no, 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 for you guys first. And you adopt all of those things. But so nutrition, how has that played a role in your life as far as like being able to take care of yourself? Because I know it's very important to you.
1: Yeah, it's, it's everything. And like, just to go back to like, you know, I'll share a little bit of like health things that I went through when I was a kid, like starting when I was like 10, I started having chronic (laughs) neck pain. Um, I started getting severe migraines my mom used to think I would like be lying to go to like my religious school because It would happen, like, every Monday well, with you were her also, CCD. You
0: were only allowed three absences <laughs> Yes, it was for that. so strict.
1: Oh, my God. And I was, like, dying. It. And, like, how do you explain as a child? You yeah. know, first of all, I didn't even know it was a migraine. I yeah. just felt hurts. terrible, yeah. like, beyond, like, you know, anyone who has a migraine knows it's, like, severe, I used to get them chronic. severe sensitivity to light, sound, you feel, might feel Nauseous. like you want to throw up. Yeah. And so that was going on, um, I started getting cystic acne when I was, like, a teen. I you started, did? Oh, yeah. I had cystic acne for, like, over ten years. I
0: never knew that. Yeah. Did I not look at your face closely? Maybe. Enough?
1: I, <laughs> I don't Do know. You know I mean? had a like lot of that, makeup. I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. You have most yeah. beautiful skin. Thank you. That's it's a lot it's, of work. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it
1: was a little transformation, but... Oh, crazy. Um... And then painful periods, like, I was put on birth control at, like, 14. It was just all of these things, and...
0: Wait, can I interrupt you for a second? How did you feel about being put on birth control at such a young age? Did you feel, like, was there, like, a shame or guilt?
1: There was a shame and, like, kind of weird, but also, like, oh, I guess this is what you do. do." Because this is what the OBGYN, like, said, like, this is what you need. And that was kind of it. It was, like, there was no, oh, why is this happening? Like, oh my gosh, the way I, like... I handle just, that now is like completely
0: right I just different. think about it because I was put on birth control when I was like 17 so like a little bit older um because I was having really painful periods mm-hmm. and I remember being like oh my god like what you know there was that moment of like I don't I don't know and then I remember this is also you put it anywhere this is um you know being Italian my dad my mom of <laughs> course tells my dad oh you know the doctor put her on birth control why why I don't I don't know why and, you know She doesn't need to be on that. And I remember feeling like, oh, my God, I'm doing something wrong. Whereas, like... It shouldn't... There
1: should not be shame. I mean, we can get so into that. But I know it's kind of what society... I just was curious. I was curious. So,
0: okay. Back to your health journey. I'm sorry. I don't know how to, like, interview somebody. I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) We're just having a combo. Yeah. Um, so after, like,
1: just during that time, I ate terribly. You know, I... So what does that
0: look like? What does that mean?
1: Okay, so I... Never had water. This is 14. You're yeah, this is, like, me as, like, middle school, high school, going into, like, once I was a nurse, got a little bit better, but still not great. So, no, no water. water whatsoever. Hated vegetables. Like, didn't could oh. not eat a vegetable. Oh, my God. Um, I was wild. the pickiest eater. I only ate pizza. I, when I was, like, stressed or, like, if my dad wanted to cheer me up, he'd go to get me McDonald's. I'd have, like, a Big Mac. No joke. Not kidding you. you know I've never had a Big Mac? Oh, my God. I mean... <laughs> now for now anyone you, who doesn't yeah. know I'm vegan so this is all like <laughs> That's very like, funny wait,
0: you didn't eat didn't, didn't a vegetable <laughs> yeah did not eat a
1: vegetable um and it it's no surprise that all of the yeah. things I was going through was like I ate junk and you know like I've been I am grateful like I have a fast metabolism I was gonna say you
0: always had like the body of a model <laughs> ever like I, I'm like if I eat a Big Mac every day you'd have to roll me out of here
1: You know what I mean? Oh my God! But but see, there's also this misconception that like skinny means healthy, and like it's totally not true. And as a teen, I actually had a really—I was super self-conscious because. I was skinny, and people would say, you know, oh, kids yeah. are stupid. That I was anorexic, that I was bulimic. You know, they threw these like some serious things around.
0: You know, what? they still do that. They still, they it's, still it's, do that.
1: It's really got to stop. And so, it, because it, it, you
0: couldn't help it, right? And like, I feel shame, on the regular. regular. Well, that's actually what yeah. I started doing. Yeah. I
1: started like I felt like I needed to prove myself mm. and do that. And when I went to my pediatrician and I had general blood work done, and she looked at my cholesterol level oh my. was through the roof as,
0: at a, teen, at a, a young age, and yeah. she like
1: did a double take because it didn't match like how I looked, you know what you would think, but you know I had no connection. There right. was no connection to what how I was eating and just because you're thin doesn't mean like you could just eat whatever you want and no connection of how I felt
0: and if it doesn't catch up to you weight wise it's going to catch up to you in those other ways like your cholesterol the migraines all that stuff oh yeah so crazy I I was joking around the other day and you know people who are you know nervous about getting the the vaccine the COVID vaccine and I'm like listen if you ate McDonald's for you know the first (laughs) 15 years of your life like you're good you like they you're like that's not even real food. Like, yeah. don't worry about what's in the vaccine, right? I know, and then that's
1: the thing. Like, so starting to get become aware of what you're putting into your body and how you feel after you eat those things. Like, there was no connection of that until I was probably you know in my early twenties that I started like paying more attention. And honestly, it was because I was so fed up with some of the symptoms I was still dealing mm. with. Like, I was in my twenties still dealing with cystic acne, like. I was told as a kid, oh,
0: it'll go away after puberty, you know, like, That's that biggest, didn't happen. The biggest lie, and I think I've said this before on oh the podcast, my gosh. Yeah. the biggest lie that people tell you when you're a teenager is that your pimples will go away when yeah. you become an adult. Excuse Absolutely me, no. I'm almost 30 years old, and I'm like, why am I still getting pimples? Yeah, and,
1: <laughs> yeah, so that, like, I was beyond, like, what can I do for this? Mm-hmm. Like, my migraines were still happening, and, yeah, I just wasn't feeling my best, like, like you were saying before, you get used to certain things of how you feel
0: sluggish sluggish. And
1: like after I ate, like my stomach always hurt, but you you think that that's like normal. So when I really started to look into food more and how that could like help, I really started getting more into plant-based eating Mm -hmm. and for like, A mix of health and then it kind of turned into ethical like i i switched over to vegan but it wasn't like this overnight thing at any means like i actually told myself oh i'm just gonna like try to go vegetarian for a month and see how i feel and i think this was like three or four years ago now and i i realized in a month's time and this is just like cutting out meat and dairy Mm -hmm. Uh, most of dairy I think um just how my body felt and I made now this is very important for anyone who's thinking of like making these kinds of shifts you know you could be a very unhealthy vegetarian or or eat vegan because a lot of stuff with vegan is
0: processed Processed, yes
1: or you can eat bread theoretically and chips and you're vegan and you're vegan right so I know somebody is vegan
0: and eats like barbecue chips all the time yeah
1: yeah so I'm like I knew at that time that if I was going to do this, I needed to eat vegetables, which at the time my mom was like, you've never eaten vegetables in your whole life. Like, Like, what are you doing? What are you going to eat? Like, she was very nervous about, you know, and as a lot of people, right, what are you going to eat? You're going to eat grass all day. Like, you know, all these like things that are just misconceptions. And I knew that I needed to like, all right, it's time to be it. put my big girl pants on Mm -hmm. and like try different vegetables that I like have not eaten. And like, that's the thing when you start making health changes you do need to be open you know something there's that you a might trial yeah, and error Yeah, and maybe there's something you said you didn't like when you were when you were six. younger yeah. and it's like
0: stayed in your mind and it, that can completely change yeah. and like also, I don't like mushrooms why because I had them when I was little and right. I didn't
1: like and them and you had a bad
0: experience yeah, and I and haven't and tried them since exactly I probably would like them
1: <laughs> yeah there's like <laughs> random foods that I actually love now so you know as I made those changes and like seeing symptoms just completely disappear I was like, whoa, like, yeah. I'm continuing this. And by, like, three months, my skin was clear. I, like, to think of all, like, I mean, I just skipped so much of, like, my skin journey. But, like, yeah. antibiotics, topical creams, Accutane, like, fish. You on I was on Accutane. Yeah. That stuff
0: is crazy. Yeah.
1: I did that, worked for a little bit, and then Does it come a back? year later, yeah. it all came back. And, I mean, at that point, that was actually, I think, my breaking point of, like, I will try literally anything, and I looked to food of, like, okay, maybe yeah. I, eat, like, this is, this is gonna help me, and it really was, and, like, it will save a you lot, so much money yeah. A lot of and people, time.
0: a lot of people say dairy, like, completely ruin their face, mm-hmm. and then, like, that when they, you know, got rid of it, or they try, you know, x, x amount of time without it, they were, like, oh, I'm getting these giant cystic pimples because my body is not, um, you know, do- doesn't process dairy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, and I remember, um, I was having some issues, and I cut out dairy and gluten and a bunch of stuff, and, like, it, it does make a difference. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's just what you can sustain. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. People are, people look at, um, whether you're gonna be a vegetarian or a vegan or anything. Any paleo, yeah. yeah. and you're like, oh, okay, like, what can I sustain? I think people think about it as such limiting, like, mm-hmm. a, such a limiting belief, like, I can never do that. And it's right. like, well, you don't really know what you can or can't do. Yeah. Um, especially, so bringing it back to, um, so nutrition, right? So obviously we see a difference with how we're feeling when we eat foods that are actually, like, nourishing us. How important do you think that is for people who are, I know I can understand how important it is for people who are pregnant, like your patients that you see. But what about the people who aren't pregnant but want to become pregnant? How do you, what do you suggest when it comes to nutrition for them? Oh, it's
1: so, I really think it's so important to be as, get as healthy as possible and be in your best state before getting pregnant. Because it's way harder to start, you know, you're, when you're pregnant, you're going through so many changes that. Trying to, like, say now, like, I'm going to make all these other changes. Mm -hmm. It's, like, it's too overwhelming to try to do. And you're probably going to end up not doing it all. So it's super helpful, like, to start this. Like, I would say a year. I mean, start now. I don't care if you're somebody (laughs) who's, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get pregnant. Yeah, Honestly, it's going to help you because it really goes back to... If your nutrition is on point, it's going to help your hormones stay in balance and then it's going to help improve your fertility. It's just, it's all connected. And that is like the underlying thing here that everything is all connected. So eating foods that are nourishing primarily, whether you, whatever diet you follow, it's really about eating more plant-based foods, like regardless, like I'm not saying you can never eat meat or never eat dairy, but the majority of our food and like those things are changing the the dietary recommendations yeah. are changing and that's it's beautiful to see but it's like the majority of our food should be grown from the ground yeah you know plants vegetables fruits whole grains that is what we really should be eating more of and making less of it like just more of it half of that plate should be all very colorful and your fruits and veggies and having less of it be you know a quarter of that be your protein a quarter of that be healthy fat so things like avocado and nuts and salmon are more of like the healthy fat kind of as an example not
0: always having like a carb option exactly yeah i think a lot of people are like okay like i know for us like we i kind of just was telling frank like we got to get rid of the like we don't need to have like a potato or you know a, a rice dish or a pasta like it doesn't have to be this way. Yeah, you can substitute it with something that's actually going to make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I think it's so interesting that the the dietary things are changing because there's all there's always and always going to be that those conflicting ideas, oh, yeah. right? So like looking at um, like you said fruit, right? Some people mm-hmm. will say don't eat fruit, mm-hmm. right? Fruit is all sugar, you can't have fruit. So it's like you need to be able to figure out what works for you. Not everything is a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, sugar, there is natural sugars, or there are sugars in fruit, but are you eating fruit all day long? Right, or no. Just, are you having a single Unlikely. serving yeah. of it? Like, that's where I was, like, you know, I'm reading this book right now, and, and she's, like, very against fruit, like, only having a single serving every day. And at first, it, like, what's going on? what do you mean? And then I realize, like, well, I'm not eating fruit all day. It's, right. I'm going to have it that one time. And that's going to be more than enough. Exactly. Um, so I think people get so hung up on like the limitations yeah. that they're like, well, I'm not even going to try it. Yep. You know what I mean? And
1: that's like something I really focus on with um, people I work with is what are we going to add more of yeah, and not, not subtracting away. because yeah. that's where people get a little caught up in that. And yeah, I mean, majority of people aren't eating any fruit. So, yeah. you know, it's just about like switching from processed from processed sugars and carbs to eating a fruit that yeah sure has a little sugar but you also have a ton of fiber in there and you're not eating that processed candy bar so it's a win-win and you know these things take time i always say like be kind to yourself in the process like if if you're making these changes, like, start small. Start mm-hmm. maybe with just adding more water like that you're drinking. manageable. Yeah, and then just kind of work it up from there because you will start to feel better, and when you start feeling better, you're it's ex- motivational And you're, like, addicted itself. to that. Yeah. So,
0: you know, I was just telling you earlier before we, we started recording, I, I've i been dealing with such um, brain fog and, like, fatigue and, and not really having any energy, and I'm like, all right, something's got to give. So I'm... On a weekend, I'm, like, the biggest breakfast person, right? I can eat breakfast, I but I also am very bad at eating mm-hmm. something right when I wake up. So I'm, and I have a weird relationship with food. I love it. It's, like, my favorite sport. You know, mm-hmm. I love to, you know, whatever. But I have, a, like, when I wake up, I'm like, I don't want to eat yet. I wait until I'm, like, starving because I have such a, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, like, a weird association with, like... I don't mm-hmm. want to eat it, I don't want to eat food, or I'm going to eat it, but I'll do it later, and I avoid it. Because mm-hmm. I always, whenever I would eat, I would get a stomach ache. So I was mm-hmm. always trying to avoid the stomach ache. Um, whereas I've, I'm realizing the importance of eating within, you know, a good amount of time of waking up, like an hour. So I, being being that I'm working from home... I can't just be, like, you know, whipping up these, like, big fancy breakfasts every morning because when life gets back to normal, I'm not going to be doing that. So I started making breakfast smoothies, um, or smoothies for breakfast, I should say, and I've been doing it for a little over a week at this point. And the difference in just that, so, like, filling it with, you know, um, fruit or, you know, uh, usually lots of greens, um, almond milk, and protein powder, and... All of these good things that are going to, like, not only, like, stabilize your blood sugar, Mm -hmm. but, like, nourish you and you're going to feel so much better. Just that. So I haven't done anything other than just that one thing. So I was talking about starting small. I've always been somebody who drinks a lot of water. So, like, that's kind of easy for me. But adding this one thing, not taking anything away. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing everything normally, right? Right. The change that I have felt in myself in a week, in just a week, I'm like, "Huh, I'm never going back." Yeah, because I can't now that I know what this feels like. Mm -hmm. How could I ever be like, "Oh, this granola bar is enough"? It's just never going to happen again. Yeah. So it's funny because you're, you know, you're saying, you know, it's not always about restriction, right? It's not. It's addition.
1: I'd rather focus on what you're going to add. Because then when you're adding more of the good stuff, the bad stuff kind of just falls away. There's, like, no room for it yep. kind of thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I've been doing smoothies every day now for, like, two years, and it's, it really is a non-negotiable for me. If I skip it, I really – I feel my energy is lower. It just helps so much with my digestion, my mood, my my skin for sure – um, and I'm noticing that. Yeah. Too. I mean, that you- glow.
0: <laughs> Deanna walks into my house earlier and she's like, Oh my, you're, you're fake. You're glowing. You're fit. And I was like, Oh, I think I'm sweating. She's like, no, I can tell. And I'm like, well, I am drinking these smoothies now. <laughs> like, I was so proud.
1: <laughs> and, and any, like my, with my clients, it's like always the thing that I tell them, I tell them to drink this green smoothie and. They all love it Mm -hmm. and they're all like, oh my gosh, my whole family loves it. They get their kids to drink it who like will not even touch vegetables will like have this smoothie and it's it's your smoothie. smoothie. I mean, it, it has simple things like celery, spinach, lettuce. So those are the greens. Like a head
0: of lettuce. Yeah, I mean,
1: depending on, like, the blender you have kind of thing and how much you want to make, I like to do a big batch. My
0: blender is, like, it sounds like a, like, NASA is taking off a spacecraft. It's the scariest. It's so loud. It's the Ninja. Oh, yeah. It's literally, like... It could probably power like this entire house. Oh my gosh. Bucky is Dude. terrified of it. <laughs> I turn it on, he like darts out of the room and I'm like, You're uh, fine. No, a lot of them they sees, could be real. He sees loud. it coming out and he's like, Oh god <laughs> It's Just like such PTSD. Oh my gosh. So okay, sorry. Yeah. Lettuce, celery, Spin- spinach.
1: spinach. Um, apple pear. Um, I usually do either flax seed or chia seed, whichever one I have. So
0: Is there a difference between them? Both are great, and both
1: are good to have. Like, I would alternate between the two of them. Okay, so
0: I've been doing a lot... I have flax, and I have chia. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing chia... Because, like, the the recipes that I follow are, like, flax or chia. So Uh I just keep turning to chia. So I guess I should switch it up.
1: Yeah, switch it up. I mean, there's a whole other thing we could get into. It's (laughs) called, like, seed cycling. There's, like... There's data out there that eating certain seeds throughout the month at different points in your cycle helps to optimize your hormones too oh, and flax really? seed is really good to have in the beginning of your cycle so meaning like the first day of your period until you ovulate so the first half um so that's why i would say it's good to alternate between the two of them mm-hmm. there's is, there is data out there having a lack of data doesn't mean it doesn't it's not true it's just right when it comes to studies, it's all about money. That's really what it comes down to. Of course, to. yeah. So, money you know, talks. I always, you got to follow the yeah. money. Yeah. So I would say you got to be – I I think that, you know, it definitely doesn't hurt seed cycling at all. But, yeah, I would switch between, like, flax okay. seed and chia seed. Um, I do mine with water. Sometimes I do it with oat milk if I want more of, like, a milk y taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I always put, like, a little bit of a frozen banana just to, like, make it more creamy. Mm-hmm. And depending, like, sometimes I switch it up. Sometimes I put berries in or whatever else that I have um, In the house, like but a
0: witch's brew, just like whatever, yeah, just in like it. throw it in. It.
1: And as long as you have like the banana and apple in there, like it will be sweet, yeah. So, and you know, that's I think
0: what people are afraid yeah. of, yeah, they, 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 they see, see the, the color. color, Yep. and it's, it <laughs> brings you back to when you're like four, yeah, like that's green, I'm not eating it. Mm-hmm. So, and I will say, like, it's so silly, but like it has changed so much in just a week that I'm like. Mm. Like, I'll be working, and usually around, like, you know, 2 o'clock, I'm like, oh, my God, coffee or whatever, and I'm like, I feel great. Um, and sleeping better. Yes. I, ever since we moved into this house, I feel like it might just be, like, the underlying anxiety of, like, not, not, like, I guess not having the safety of, like, your parents' home, Mm. do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I, I was a great sleeper. Like, could sleep through absolutely anything and everything, and then when I moved here, I became such a terrible sleeper. Like waking up and also it does it's the world right now. Yeah. It's COVID, it's worrying about my parents, who are doing much better, by the way. We could talk about that at another time. But um worrying about my family, you've got COVID, you've got <laughs> it's okay, you don't have to Bless you, you alright? <laughs> 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 um you know, your daily stressors, your yeah. work, and your, oh, God, I gotta I got remember, I gotta do this tomorrow, and, like, your wheels never stop turning. And I think when you lived at home, you might have still had those things, but it wasn't as, like, turned up so loud. Yes, it's different. Um, so, now I'm a terrible sleeper. So, I was, like, popping melatonin like nobody's business. I was having, like, using the sleepy, I still am, using the sleepy lotion from Lush that mm-hmm. I do highly recommend. Mm-hmm. That, I used to think it was, like, a hoax, but, like, it totally works. Um, or at least it allows me to believe Relax. that it does. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I've noticed that as I've been better with meals and, and yeah. especially starting with the smoothie each morning, I'm sleeping better at night mm-hmm. and I know it's connected because oh, there's yeah. no way it can't be. Yeah. And I'm like, and you know what, there, some of the issues are still there. Like I will wake up in the middle of the night. The problem that I always had is falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Staying asleep is, is something that I, I think I have to work on as far as, like, the anxiety piece, but falling asleep, my brain was always, like, you know, going, and now I'm able to just, like, unwind and relax. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really changed anything about my night routine, but I did, I have noticed that the morning routine played into it. Yeah. So I I just always found that very interesting.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that too goes into when you're stabilizing your blood sugar, Mm -hmm. you're stabilizing your insulin, it allows the rest of your hormones to work properly and for you to have your parasympathetic nervous system turn on, which is like our rest and digest state. You know, most of us live in that fight or flight response that sympathetic nervous system is firing at all times. And then, yeah, if you're not eating regularly throughout the day, so this is something big that I highly like. If you're dealing with any kind of period problem, fertility problem, like making sure you're not skipping meals throughout mm-hmm. the day and like eating regularly is so important because it's going to allow you when it, when you get to the evening time to not be so wired. Your hormones are more balanced and stable and you're better able to sleep. So definitely yeah. like what you're doing, it's 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 only going to get better you right. know, as you keep going. And
0: it's funny because I wish... Like, you have all this information. You know what you're supposed to be doing. It's actually implementing it. So I already have that, like, why haven't you been doing (laughs) this? So I think about teenagers, right? I think about kids who, girls, women, right, Mm -hmm. who, we don't know how, I never had the tools when I was a teenager to know how to take care of myself. Like, I think when I was 14 or whatever the age is, like, I think I was so worried about all of the outside factors of my life that I never thought about what I want. I never, you know, you don't get to know yourself until you're much older. And I, I think that that's really sad. So knowing that I, you know, felt a certain way or like had these headaches or, you know, anxiety throughout my whole life, like being now in my late twenties, you know, it's like, dang, if I could talk to that, that girl, you know, I could be like, just take care of yourself, and this is what it looks like, mm-hmm. so what do you think, how, you know, what do you think as far as, like, what would you say to, like, the young girls who, first of all, we could talk for, for days about, like, the fact that even when, you know, when I was growing up, when you were growing up, and these kids now, you can't even say the word period, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, shh, you know, like, I mm-hmm. see my students, right, <laughs> who, like, it's like a, it's like a drug deal, they're like, yeah, and they're like
1: but, but know, it still kind then, of is even as adults. Oh, right? I like, I
0: hide it in yeah. like my little sleeve when I'm walking to the bathroom. And it's like, do you think we're ever gonna get past that?
1: I think we need to get past yeah. that because there is no shame. It's literally how everyone on earth is here. Right, <laughs> right. Like it's not this big deal, you know. I can go on a whole other tangent yeah. about that of just like we need to get away from shaming what's completely natural. Yeah. With periods, with using the right anatomical parts, and it right. not being this like, oh my god, she yeah. just said vagina. Like right. it's okay, It's not a dirty it's word. It's okay. It's yeah. not a dirty word at all. It's a normal body part like your arm. Yeah. <laughs> so right. we need to stop like thinking this is like so well, bad. I think about, or think about taboo. the.
0: You know, we we couldn't even say like that. Oh, I got my period. You'd be like, I. You know, like you'd have all these little like Codes. code terms, yeah. and it's yeah. like, what the hell? Yeah. Um,
1: and it goes it. it it, we carry that into like our adulthood and so I really think it starts with like parents and yeah. I know like all of our parents did the best that they could do but, but it's like what they knew yeah it's what they knew so yeah. it's, it's now like if you're hearing this like it whether you have a daughter yourself or you're you know you have I mean, a daughter one day a or a niece or yeah. a son yeah like talking about these things in a very normal, matter-of-fact, not shameful way. Like, and a lot of it, too, probably as adults, is we have to get past what we were taught yeah. to be like, listen, it's okay. Like, kids, too, they observe everything. Everything. Everything adults do and say. I see um, it. Yeah. I see it. And so, you know, being conscious of, like, if you're... how you're speaking about yeah. this... ...or if you're not speaking about it at all, which happens because, as adults, they're uncomfortable, so they're just, like, let them I, talk about
0: I, it. I, it's <laughs> so funny because... I, I don't know if you saw this when you were having your social media, like, hiatus. Um, there was this really... I follow Upworthy. I don't know if you follow Upworthy. It's a, a good news-only platform on, on Instagram. They're a profile that they're only going to give you things that make you smile uh-huh. or happy. So it was this this teenage boy who was on the bus going home from school, and a girl got up, and she had gotten her period, and he did not want her to be embarrassed, so he, he said, you know, sit back down. And he said, I'm going to give you my sweatshirt. Tie oh, it around oh. your waist. And she was like, no, no, it's okay. Like, you know, shame. no, yeah. it's okay. Like, oh, my God, don't look at me. And he's like, hey, I have three sisters. Like, oh. I know what it's like. Like, just take it. You can give it to me tomorrow. I don't care. And I thought, I was like, whoever those parents are of that young boy, like, oh, my God. Because yeah. you just did it right. Like, yeah. that girl now doesn't feel, like, she might have gone home like, oh, my God, I want to yeah. die. <laughs> but, when she gets older, she's going to remember yeah. that, and like that kid is also going to make sure when he's older, his sons do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like that's what we need. Just like mm-hmm. this is what it is. Like I, when I was growing up, or when you know, for my experience, like it was, we did not talk about it. I remember my grandmother called me to congratulate me for becoming a woman, and I <laughs> wanted to die. And then my dad did that weird like, y- "You good? You're yeah, how you yeah. feel?" I'm like fine he's like all right great we're never gonna talk about this again and we haven't since yeah. <laughs> and it's like you know it's just they did the best they could yeah and it's I mean what was your experience like was it like that too
1: um yeah I would say like I mean I guess my mom she kind of prepped me you know for the period talk but I would say even till this day like if we say period or vagina in the room my dad like walks immediately out no like does way. not want to hear even
0: with your job uh
1: if, like, if, if I guess if it's like in relation to us, like if we're uh, talking about okay. it kind of thing. I mean, I don't really talk much about my job with my dad actually. Yeah, I can see <laughs> it's that. It's one of those things, yeah. um, you know, I I know what to talk about and what to kinda like reel it back in well, it's but like
0: that's also like it's a man thing yeah. where it's like even but yeah, it's it, also, should,
1: it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't you be you know, it really shouldn't be because they're all here because of right. the whole process yeah. that goes on and it's actually a really beautiful thing and it shouldn't they're there needs to, like, not be this shame of, around it. And I have no filter whatsoever when it comes to, like, talking about these things because it's so normal for me. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I forget that, like, for most people, there's still this. And when I have teens that I see, you know, I, I know they're, like, really nervous. and yeah. They don't really want to talk about it. But I think the best thing to do is just talk about it very matter-of-factly. And, like, that's what I do. So I'm, I'm pretty good at, like, kind of breaking them down of, like,
0: you know, it's all good. Yeah, it's like, just fine. And I think if I, you know, if I were, if I were that age, and I was talking to you, like, and seeing how normal it was, or confident you were in what you were saying, I'd be like, oh, this is okay, like, this is, this is fine. <laughs> I think they just need that reassurance of, yeah. like, you're all, you're not the first person to ever deal with this, and, like, you know, understanding, it, I think when it happens to you, or when you're thinking about it as a teenager, and you're like, oh my god, like, you know, it's, it is about you, but then you realize, like, every woman in the world deals yep. with this, so, like, it's yeah. all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting.
1: And the other thing too with like teens is just, especially cause I mean the number one thing that like teens are coming in for besides, you know, if they want birth control, but a lot of th- times what I'm seeing is, um, issues with their periods yeah. and you know, they're very shocked I think cause a lot of them go in there like oh yeah, my periods are painful, my friend's on birth control, or even their mothers are like, yeah, I think she needs to go on birth control because she's having this. And they're pretty surprised when I start, like, going more into, like, what's going on? How do you eat? Like, I just had a patient, I think yesterday, that I I spoke with for a long time, and the mom was, like, so, like, oh wow, like, Mm -hmm. all of these. We kind of uncovered a lot of, like, eating nutritional deficiencies and, like, things that she could be, doing that are really ultimately going to help her period problems and just like how amazing would that be if like when you were like 17 and Mm -hmm. you were having painful periods and like i don't know i know as teens we like think we know everything and who knows if we would have listened but it's just like planting that seed
0: i used to have to stay home for three days oh my gosh yeah and
1: it's like that's not normal no No matter what if your mom went through it your sister went through it like no. Oh my God, and sweating. I used uh, to,
0: like, it was so bad. And, like, I don't have, like, endometriosis or anything like that. Women in my family do. But I always was, like, there's, this can't be normal. And literally three days home from school, like, oh my, I could. And now it's, like, you know, it's a different experience. But mm-hmm. it's, like, I don't, I don't miss that. So it's, like, if you can stop that in its tracks at that age, like, why isn't everybody doing this, Mm -hmm. and it's because, like you said, it's the easy fix of, like, take this pill, it's gonna change your whole life, and you're gonna be great, but then, when that girl, who's 14 or 15, is now ready for kids, and she's gonna forget what all, what what that felt like, and then go right back into it, it's gonna be like, oh my god, what do I do? Yeah. So it's like being able to set those, like, those foundational bricks, so to speak, to Mm -hmm. be able to, like, stop that, you know... That, that feeling like it's normal. Like, yep. that's not normal. Feeling
1: that it's normal and feeling that there's only one thing that's yeah. going to fix it. You yeah. know, like, that nothing that you can do. Like, that's right. the whole thing. It's, it's also not think,
0: one size fits all. No. Right. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. So, how do you think that women can start, like, checking in with themselves to, to figure out what is normal for themselves and what's not? I think we've gotten to a point where we do ignore our mm-hmm. symptoms So what do you, what advice could you give to a woman who's like, how do I be, how can I distinguish what's normal and what isn't when it comes to my health?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if you're having headaches all the time, not normal. Like (laughs) even if you're like, oh, I'm just super stressed. Like then your body is telling you like you need to stop doing something you're doing. Right. Um, when it comes to periods. So there's so many things. I mean, if you're having pain where you're missing work or you're missing school, not normal.
0: Yeah. It
1: should be mild cramping. Mild. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would say you shouldn't even really have to rely on over-the-counter medication. Right. If like, you are, if that's Midol, also not your, normal. Your
0: Advil, exactly. Your, yeah.
1: Like if you're like, oh yeah, I can function fine as long as I take Midol every day, not normal. Um, if you're not getting periods, so I, I see a lot of people that that's just become their norm, where they don't get periods, and often, they're not
0: on any sort and they're of
1: birth not on control. any birth control.
0: Because some birth controls, can. yes, yeah.
1: exactly. So if a birth control causes you to not get a period, that's very different because that's a known side effect. Yeah. But I'm talking about the people naturally. that, yeah, naturally they're like, oh yeah, I don't get my period all the time, and they kind of just accept that as like that's their normal
0: and they probably take that as a win yes a lot of
1: them are just like hey this is cool
0: yeah it's
1: actually pretty dangerous if that's going on for a long time it could actually increase people's um chances for endometrial cancer inside the uterus oh my
0: god yeah if they're going
1: like long periods of time without a period and again not on any birth control um this is not normal like i can't tell you how many times i see women who like they come in for their annual, and they don't even mention that piece because they think that that's normal. And then when I go in, like, wait, how often are you getting a period? Oh, I don't get my period at all. Like, that's that's very concerning, and it's important to do some hormonal blood work and see, like, what's going on. Um,
0: now, can you just get hormonal blood work? Like, do you have to ask for it?
1: Yeah, so it's something you definitely... I would, I would say most of the time need to ask for You may have some providers that are going to check that. that. Yeah, it's, it's something that you may have to ask for. Some providers are not too keen on it or, like, anti it. Um, definitely in, like, functional medicine, more of a holistic approach, which is what I follow, like, I think it is very important. It gives you benchmarks and to kind of see I'm throughout the cycle, like, yeah. where it is. Um There's also, like, some... Um, there's a lot of things now online, like reputable companies that do offer like hormonal testing to check like your fertility. Now,
0: ah, those gotcha.
1: are all out of pocket. Of They're course. usually very expensive for the average person to to pay for. So, I mean, I probably would say the more cheaper route would yeah. be going, going to see someone, but sometimes that's not always feasible either. But yeah, like checking your thyroid levels. And, and I, I always, always tell everyone that i work with like not only do you have that check but get the actual number don't just take it from your provider that they say like oh yeah everything's normal." normal right do not take that because there's very different variations and there's optimal levels and there's quote unquote normal levels which the normal levels are always much wider of a range of results they're only letting you know if you have a disease or you don't have a disease whereas a more narrow range will tell you is your thyroid working properly or is it overworking and is it an early sign that eventually if we just like, if you keep doing what you're doing, you end up with thyroid disease, you know? So you catch these things earlier. So finding out your actual numbers is super important. And then working with somebody who is like specialized in this. So not all like traditional OBGYNs, I would say in Western medicine, really focus on that. So not to say they're bad or good. It's just, you know, it's just everybody kind of has their, their niche. So um, Yeah, that that's really really important. And if you're forget it, if you're having very heavy periods, not normal at all. Um, Even things like we were talking about, like if you're feeling really bloated or have oh abdominal God, pain yeah. after you eat, not normal. Like you should be having bowel movements regularly every day. Like if you're not, not normal. Like right. and people you need also to remove. Yeah. yeah, you need to get rid of
0: the toxins. You know what, as you're saying this, I'm 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 like yep yep yep. Yeah. Like it's all making sense. And I'm like, you know what? The, I think what one of the problems is is that. When it comes to health, period, it's become this thing that we don't want to talk about. Like, you said bowel movement, and immediately <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Like, so it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, things yeah. that people are like, oh, I'm fine, everything's fine, I don't yep. want to talk about this, it's good. Like You don't want to admit anything because that is then opening up a conversation that might be slightly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you avoid the slightly uncomfortable conversation at the risk of your own health. Oh, yeah. And that's so crazy mm-hmm. to me that people are like, you know... Like, you'll go into an office, you know, you go to, to, to see a patient, and they're like, oh, yeah, I don't get a period, but, like, don't ask me about it, like, I don't want to talk about it, where it's like, there could be something seriously going on. Mm -hmm. Wow. We're so weird as, as people. (laughs) Like, aren't, like, if we all just, like, because you know what it is, like, taking care of yourself is such a broad thing that we all think we're doing a really good job of it until Mm -hmm. we're not. Until something happens, and you're, God forbid, whatever, and you're like, oh, even just like staying safe during a pandemic. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you think you're doing a really good job of it and hopefully you are. And then when, when something happens or if you get nervous about something and it's like, Oh, well, what did I do wrong? Well, nothing. It's just like, you don't realize like the, all of the things going on. Yeah.
1: And you know, another thing that I hear a lot is like, when I have women that come to me with different concerns that they have, and I start bringing up maybe health, uh, like lifestyle changes and stuff. So, you know, there is this, like, defense a little bit, right? Because it's, yeah. the change is hard. It goes back to change being hard. You have these habits.
0: I think somebody, if you mention like, you could do this. They hear that as you're doing something Wrong,
1: right. And, or, or I hear often, too, like, but I've been doing this my whole life. Yeah, I hear that a lot, and it's
0: now no longer working. Exactly, I say
1: that's exactly why we're in this situation because you've been doing the same thing, and your body's telling you enough is enough. Yeah, and you know, I know that could be a hard pill to swallow because it puts the ownership back on you.
0: Well, yeah, nobody wants that. You want something to to blame,
1: right? You want to blame something, and you want a quick fix. So, of course,
0: let me take this pill, and then in four to six weeks, I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. That's like somebody who. you know, like, oh I, I would drink soda every day. I've never mm-hmm. had a problem and then all of a sudden I'm having all these issues. But I always drank soda. Yeah, and your body's like, please, yes. for the love of God, no more. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so crazy. Um <sighs> Your body's always
1: talking to you. Yeah, you know, like instead of looking at symptoms as like, woe is me, my mm-hmm. body sucks, like it just doesn't work right and just right. kinda like sit in that. It's like, wait, actually my body's like so smart, it's telling me what what am I doing yeah that I'm doing something that's that's off and like that I can just tweak things around you know it's not about you being bad or good you know
0: well yeah and that's that's relative too Mm -hmm. where it's like you know some things might affect you more so than than you know other things like I mean and not to compare to other people
1: because I hear that too well this person does all these things like they're okay and it's like everybody's bodies are different and that's right. like other the other thing that's so important it's like having that individualized approach that each one of us is different we're going through different things stress plays a major role in all this too you know like one person might have very low stress level and the other one is really high and that's going to also affect them so
0: i think that's 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 really a, you know a conversation about balance mm-hmm. too so like what does that look like for you like in a perfect world what does balance look like in, in your life as well as like in general
1: mm feeling content in my day like just having that like I don't know if you've ever felt that like I just feel content like so like grateful and happy and like my body feels calm Mm -hmm. and I feel like when you feel satisfied after you eat a meal and it's not like there's no bloat there's no you're not like I want to die yeah you like actually feel good and your energy level is good and you know for me it's Having a little bit of time to put into the ladies guide, having a little bit of me time to do my yoga and meditation, um, have time with my husband and like my family. And just if I'm able to kind of incorporate those things throughout like my day, yeah, it like it feels balanced. Now, granted, like it's not going to be like that. Every so day. that
0: was my next question. <laughs> I was just thinking about it like. How often do you get that feeling?
1: You know, it comes in waves. Like, I will say I'm definitely in a wave right now, to be totally honest, of, like, completely imbalanced yeah. right now. Um, but which you know is, what? But
0: you're not alone in that. Like, it's, I think it's everybody's kind of like, yeah, I'm on this roller coaster I didn't ask to be on, and, like, I don't know how to get off. Yeah.
1: Right? It's, it is a lot, and it's been a struggle to... To go through that, especially because so much of what I work with women on is to help them to stay balanced and their self care, and it's hard to tackle that with myself. Of like, but I'm not doing these things right now. And it's but like, wait, I'm also a human being. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and i I'm just, we, I'm not, I have to take my own advice yeah. and like be kind to myself. And like,
0: so so much easier said than done. Though.
1: I know. And just reminding everyone out there, like, it it comes in waves, like, there's no such thing, I think, as balance 100% of the time, like, if you're striving for that, like, it's just, you're going to end up feeling miserable. And
0: always disappointed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. you're never going to be like, oh, you're, there's always going to be that guilt, like, you, uh, for, so let's say if I was talking about myself, like, well, I could have done this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. no, we all could have done things, but life is life, so, like, coming in waves actually sounds like best case scenario. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, and just... Trying as best as you can to give yourself grace. Like again, something I always tell everyone, like, you know, you, you can always tell your best friend, like the best advice. And then you, you don't do that for yourself. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now, but yeah. you know, and you know, it's January, it's still the pandemic. It's cold. Like I'm dying <laughs> to be somewhere warm right now. I'm, I like used to travel so much and you know, that's oh my gone. God, that and... was
0: your whole, like <laughs> that was a really long amount of time. Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah. So oh. it's, It's about, like, accepting the ebbs and flows, and just, again, going back to those little self-care things that start to, like, bring you back to the balance.
0: Yeah. It's funny, I, you know, you're talking about traveling. I was going through the notes in my phone yesterday, just, like, deleting things that, like, you know, I have, like, the most random things. And Frank and I, back in May, made a list (laughs) of places we're going after quarantine. You know, thinking that it was gonna, and, like, it was the, it was, like, the diner the movies, (laughs) um, Target, and then it was, like, you know, uh, Italy and Greece and, you know, all these, like, big travels, and we both looked at it yesterday, (laughs) and we were dying laughing. We're like, remember when we thought we were gonna be able to do that, like, you know, in a few weeks? Yeah. So, I just thought that was really funny. (laughs) But, um, I do have questions that, um, some listeners wanted. I know that you had posted and you had some, too, so we can just, like, talk about those really quick, and then I think I've taken up a lot of your time, (laughs) and definitely Sarah's time over there. She's basically snoozing. Okay, so this first question is pretty specific, so I'm going to do my best to do justice to it. So, this person is wondering why um, OBs seem not to evolve with the times in in women's fitness. So, you know, basically saying that when you're pregnant, all you should be doing is, like, a brisk walk and Mm. not doing anything that's overly, like, exerting. So, even though they always did that. So, weightlifting or, um, you know, things like that. So, She's also saying that, you know, I guess, I'll just read this part just because it's, it's specific. Um, so, don't let your heart rate go over a certain mark, don't lift over 10 pounds, and the idea of pelvic health is not mentioned unless you seek that information yourself. Um, so, in her pregnancies that she experienced, she was working out and she was lifting weights and it was more and more strenuous each time, but every time she would ask her provider how to safely do this, she was never really given an answer. Um, or, you know, didn't really have anything clear. And then, you know, so there's like a taboo there Mm -hmm. as well as, um, why aren't women more encouraged to look after their pelvic health, but also why isn't it even like a part of it? Why isn't it covered? You know, some people don't even know that pelvic health uh, is a thing. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we can just tackle all of that.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I, I work with, doctors, like I never want to like bash doctors or any kind of one provider. There's good providers and bad providers. But in a general sense, I would say that most medical OBGYN trained physicians are not, they don't have much of a focus on um, physical activity and like what things you're doing in the gym and what's like safe to do in that way. We're kind of given this broad statement of Whatever a person has been doing is usually safe for them to do and not to do anything extreme and strenuous that they've never done before. And that's right. kinda like the end of it. There's not much else that they're really taught. So, you know, in their defense But they, they, don't, they, know, don't, they know. don't know they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Now, is that right? Absolutely not. I think there needs to kind of be a little revamping of of medical programs and nursing programs to focus a lot more on like nutrition and physical activity so that we are more well-equipped with that. It's so
0: crazy that it's not.
1: It's not. It's totally not. And, um, I can say from experience with people I've worked with and even my own, like when I first started, like I didn't know a lot of those things. So, um, I'm not surprised it's, it's very unfortunate and, um, it's something that I, I hope will start getting better, you know, seeing, um, Midwives or functional medicine, doctors, integrative medicine, they do tend to focus more on the holistic side of things, looking at the whole person and looking at different aspects like physical activity. Mm -hmm. So that would be one route that maybe considering seeing instead of like a traditional OBGYN and Western medicine, someone, a different sort of provider might be better for them. You know, everybody has different needs and and stuff like that. So definitely for her. And then pelvic floor, I mean, oof, I could talk about that forever. I think pelvic floor health is so important. And a lot of it, most of it is done with a pelvic floor physical therapist. So these are physical therapists who specialize in the pelvic floor. And it's not just vaginal muscles that we're talking about. Sometimes people just focus in on that, but it's like your hip muscles, your low back, all of those muscles are all interconnected with each other. And it, it matters whether you're pregnant now, whether you're planning to be pregnant while you're pregnant, it would be very helpful. There's so many benefits of kind of strengthening your pelvic floor muscles to help while you're pregnant. So you may minimize your pain. There's a lot of aches and pains that go on when you're (laughs) pregnant and that could really, a lot of it could be avoided if you're doing pelvic floor physical therapy um, and definitely preparing you for the birth itself. And like afterwards, you know, there's a lot of recovery after nine months of carrying a baby and what your body kind of has to reverse back to. And unfortunately in traditional office settings, They come for their six-week postpartum check, and they're told, okay, you can go back to all physical activity. I can't tell you how many women out there are suffering from severe pain afterwards, issues with urinating, issues with their bowel, issues with having intimacy with their partner and feeling like there's something wrong with their body and broken. Yeah. Yeah, pain, a lot of severe pain, and not really getting any clarity from their OBGYN gyn because that's the, who you go to yeah
0: and just getting the you're good
1: you're good and if something's wrong maybe they'll do an ultrasound and oh that's normal okay so everything's fine but they're you're, not like feeling healing. fine yeah yes. And um, the reality is it could take a whole year from after you deliver a baby for things to really go back to normal. Um, and, and that normal is going to be a new normal, no yeah, matter yeah, what. Yeah. It's but, never going to be the same. Right. But pain is not normal. And a pelvic floor physical therapist really helps with that. The unfortunate thing, though, is it's usually not covered by insurance.
0: So is that why if you, did, if you wanted information, you would have to seek it out? Because your provider is not... Um, going to tell you about it because it's out of pocket. Yeah, yeah. and
1: you know, that's the sad thing about like, part of my frustration with healthcare yeah. is like, healthcare is so much dictated by like, what insurance covers and doesn't. So, you know, as a physician or provider they think they're kind of like, doing you a favor by like, oh, I'm not going to tell you something that's not covered by insurance, but what if that is the best thing for you?
0: Yeah, maybe and, maybe you are willing to, you know, spend whatever it is because that's the relief you're going to get. Right, and that. and I
1: will say like, out of all the different things it, you know, I know health, different health things can cost a lot of money. Like investing in pelvic floor physical therapy is probably one of the best things any woman could do for their body, especially if they ever become pregnant, um, have had pregnancies or if you're dealing with a lot of pain and you just feel like you've had no answers. Um, it can help so, so much. Um, even older women who are dealing with like urinary incontinence is yeah, another thing yeah. that happens. And like. Pelvic floor physical therapy is definitely the way to go. You can't go to just any physical therapist. You definitely have to go to someone specialized, but um, it's really helpful. It's just one of those things that's, like, not ta- taught. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Because you just made it seem like it's, like, you know, like, so beneficial that it's, like, why isn't it? It should be yeah, standard of it care. Should be. And it should I've be.
1: spoken with physical pelvic floor PTs, and they forget it. They can go off on, like, the frustrations they feel because... they probably
0: want to help as many people as they can as well. Knowing what they know about how, you know, beneficial it is. It's like, this should be for everybody. Yeah. Because, listen, you can get physical therapy for anything, so what's the difference? Right, exactly. Um, okay, so another question was... This was based on period fatigue. So, the question was, should you be doubling up on vitamins the week of your period? Like, taking... Or or taking specific iron supplements? Because I guess she's feeling really tired when Mm. it's around time for her period.
1: Um... I would want to know a little bit more about what is going on with her, because there might be other factors, like what she's eating throughout the day. Like, is she having caffeine, or what fluids is she drinking throughout the day? Um, Definitely checking, like, thyroid, iron levels, vitamin B12 would be important, before just, like, doubling up on vitamins alone, because it might not... You know, maybe that might make a difference, but there might be, like, an underlying thing or something else that a sheet tweak that can make the difference, too. Like, especially in the second half of your menstrual cycle, so about, like, two weeks before your period, if you're having an average 28-day cycle, I know not everybody does, but just for, like, context, your blood sugar, you're more sensitive to blood sugar crashes in the second half of your cycle until your period starts. Right. Which means if you are someone, which a lot of us are, where we skip meals, we go hours and hours without eating, our blood sugar is crashing. That's only going to make us feel more tired when we're around our period. Right. So, you know, it might not have anything to do with vitamins, and you just need to make sure you're eating more frequently. You know, something like that. So it really depends, but, um, and it depends, like, how our period flow is, like, all of that to kind of see if if adding more supplements would really be the thing to do. Okay. Yeah.
0: I like that. Um, You just said something about, oh. I lost it. I was thinking about what you said and it made a lot of sense, but now I don't know. Blood sugar. Maybe. And I don't know. I don't know. I think this could this is how you know I'm like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> okay, so I know that you had a few questions too, so I will read them. Um, so what's a supplement someone could take to boost their mood and libido or other options? So my question is like, is mood like your overall mood, general mood, or is she referring to like your hmm. mood with libido? So maybe we can answer both? Yeah, I mean I think I think maybe
1: mood, overall mood, um, one of the most important uh, vitamins that I would recommend getting checked, you know, not all vitamins you can check blood work for, but one of them is vitamin D. And most of us living in, definitely in the U.S., um, are vitamin D deficient. It's just, unless you're out in the sun every single day, 365 days, like it's just, it's just not going to happen because most of it's absorbed from the sun. So that is plays a major role because it really ties into mood and libido because it is like it functions as a sex hormone in the body and it affects how all the rest of our hormones work so, if we're living with a very low vitamin D which most of us are, and it should optimally be between, like, 60 to 80. Most people I see that I check their levels are, like, 20. And wow, they, yeah. that's and like, low. Yeah, even I'm 30. I'm yeah, it, it's really interesting to find out, and it affects our mood. There's link, it, links with depression and low vitamin D levels. There's links with breast cancer and low vitamin D levels. Like, it's so much because of the hormonal impact as well. Right. Um, so... Vitamin D is definitely something I would have checked and also be taking. Yeah. Um, that's going to help with mood, help with libido. So
0: how do you check that?
1: Blood work. With, like normal
0: blood work? Yeah, normal okay. blood work. you have to um, ask for it? You,
1: you, you, I would. Um, I would not assume that, like, if you go to... You can probably get it done with your primary, although, like, a GYN provider could do it, too. But um, your primary could, it's just I wouldn't assume that they're going to do it with like standard blood work that it's going to be done. So I would ask specifically for it. And then definitely, again, finding out your number. Don't just be told it's normal because anything technically over 30 is normal, but optimal really is 60 to 80. So it is important to know. And I would definitely supplement even if you were 30, the the low end of normal. Um, As far as libido goes, um, besides the vitamin D, maca root is actually really good not to be confused with matcha
0: maca. oh yeah maca m-a-c-a
1: right? m-a-c-a maca root it's like a peruvian root plant you can
0: get that pretty much everywhere oh right? yeah yeah you can get it as a, seen in it. a pill
1: yeah. form um, or a powder form i put it in my smoothie it's so good for yeah it's good for your menstrual cycle it's good for fertility and it helps it with energy and libido so it's kind of like a win-win so right it's one of those things to, to that can be added you know with any supplement it's really important to check that it has been third party tested, um, that it doesn't have any additives and things like that. Like, I don't recommend necessarily just grabbing like the cheapest one that was for sale, right? right. <laughs> you know, but um, those are two things that can definitely. Be so, helpful. and she
0: also asked for other options. So, is there anything besides a supplement, like besides vitamin D or besides that you would? encourage or recommend as far as mood or libido yeah i mean
1: a lot of it goes back to the self-care not to be like boring or like you know basic but it's it's like it really is because if you're stressing out if you're super stressed and you feel like you're spread thin and you can't take care of yourself you're not gonna have any energy you're not gonna be in a good mood and that relates to no libido so it's like and that's a lot of women
0: like i feel like i hear about it so um so often Where it seems like, why has this now become the norm? Like, Mm -hmm. women who are, you know, sexually active and, you know, should be, you know, really fine with it. And it's like, you know, if you're in your 20s or your 30s, like, you should not be like, oh my god, I have no energy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's become, because we're all so bogged down with stress that overstimulation. Yeah, this is normal. Yeah. So we look for these, you know, for these
1: outside things. Yeah. Yeah. And and just kind of feeling like there's something wrong with us when it's like, no, sometimes it's just like, we got to really reel back that self care and reducing the stress.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, this next question has a fancy word in it. (laughs) Why do Anna Go ahead. In forward.
1: ovulatory cycles, in ovulatory
0: cycles, so that's when you don't get a period.
1: So that's when you don't ovulate mm-hmm. with you your period, ovulate. which is that's a very interesting, like a little bit more complex of a question because most of us, if we're getting a period, we may not know we're not ovulating, but oh mm. yeah. Yep, or you know, someone could be having a very light period and thinks that that's their period, but there's something off. Usually, this is found out when they're trying to get pregnant, right? Because they then do blood work and then it's found out, oh, I'm not ovulating. What's going on? So probably the biggest reason for this is stress, actually, that uh, I, we just talked about, because there's this overdrive of cortisol that's flooding our bodies, and our brain perceives that as, okay, I'm so stressed out, I can't have a, make a baby right now. Mm-hmm. So it actually. The blood flow that's supposed to go to your ovaries and your uterus doesn't. It goes to other organs of the body, like your heart, your lungs, and your brain. They yeah. need it because it thinks it's in this, like, crazy situation, you know, that's that it called, can't. Like that yeah. fight or flight. Yeah. Oh so God, it's like, so oh, so no, wild. let's shut this off. And it actually can stop the process of having ovulation. So... Other things, so that's like the emotional stress, right? So if you're you're going through the day to day, this whole you know the past twelve months, right. but then physical stressors, so things like not sleeping regularly, right. um, over exercising is a big one that I see. So this is common in athletes, um, in people that you know work out all the time, and they may think they're doing the right things by doing that, but that is also perceived as a physical stress to the body, and then the body's like, all right, nope, I'm going to shut this down. So like me. Yeah. work work out. I work,
0: out, I work yeah. out every single day. And, it, and it, it's, it, everybody
1: has a different, like, threshold, but it's definitely... Yeah, I'm not doing
0: anything that's, like, putting, I mean, I'm sure it's putting stress on the body, but I'm not, like, you know, running marathons every day. Yeah,
1: it's, it's not to say, I don't want people like, oh my God, I'm going to stop working no. out. It's like... <laughs> You, you have you to can. know what you. You yeah. have to know your body, but you know I, I've worked with people that work out like two times a day, like two hours each uh, time, yeah, or they're yeah. dancers or runners. It's usually in like athletes, kind of even
0: like I've seen it. I in think teens. I'm all set. <laughs> I'm like twenty minutes. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's
1: those like a little bit more extreme scenarios, yeah. or low body weight, or even if uh, women dealing with PCOS or if they are have gained a lot of weight. All of those things are all stressors that come down to then your body's like, all right, I'm not going to ovulate. So. Gotcha. It's a lot of different factors. It's more common than people realize, but it's definitely healable yeah. and
0: fixable. So, it's my last question. Um, what do you do? So, like for me personally, because I'm on a specific birth control, I don't I don't get a period normally. So, how do I know? So, because it's all kind of all over the place, um, how do I know when my cycle starts and ends?
1: So it's a little bit tricky. Um, It would involve, like, I would recommend, like, checking your temperature every morning. Um, So there's something called your basal body temperature. Your temperature actually goes up, like, a half of a degree, like, around ovulation, which is so interesting in a normal cycle. So. It sounds tedious, but it's really not because most of us grab our phones first thing in the morning. So instead of I that, think
0: we're all checking our <laughs> temperatures anyway. <Yeah. laughs>
1: exactly, yeah, every day. Right so it does involve checking your temperature, like right when you wake up in the morning, before you get up out of bed, and like logging oh. it into an app because your your body temperature will go up like once you start moving around. You go to the right. bathroom, so you want to do it like right when you wake up. And try to be consistent with the same time. And as you're doing that, and you could put it in any of those, like, period tracker apps. They usually have I a have section. I have that. Yeah, yeah, I have that.
0: But, and so it gives me, like, a, a rough estimate. But I'm also like, is this even accurate? Because I'm only logging, like, a period, you know, every so often. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really know how accurate this is. Yeah. And, like, we're not, you know, there's no reason for me to know my cycle. But I was always just curious about that.
1: Yeah. So things like that. And just kind of monitoring, like, how you feel. Because with different birth controls, depending, you know, some of them you do still ovulate with. And so there are changes that are going on within the body that, you know, it could, it could be subtle. So it might be a little tricky to, but if you're tracking it and and at least logging it in the app, then you'll be able to kind of notice the pattern. So it's not perfect. It is a little bit more challenging, but it is possible to get more of a sense of like the changes going on.
0: Okay. Yeah. Good to know. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This was like a wealth of information. I, I, you know, I always, um, talk to you in, in, you know, like one way. So getting to have like a, a different type of conversation was really refreshing. Yeah. I hope you had fun. I, I hope did. you
1: enjoyed it. Went it went by so fast. It did Hopefully go by fast. Sarah, did it go by fast
0: for you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoever listens to the hour and 30 minutes, <laughs> I, know, I, I know. love you. I know. Let, let me know. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, so tell everybody where they can find you. Oh yes, you can
1: find me at, um, I'm mostly on Instagram these days. Well, I took a little hiatus, but yes, that's where I usually live. Um, it's Hmm. at underscore the ladies guide and then I also have a YouTube channel the ladies guide Um, and you can click on the link in my bio if you want to reach out to do any kind of session with me Um, that's where I'm at if you have any questions you can always dm me as well
0: perfect thank you so much I had the best time this was so fun all right guys thank you so much if you uh, liked this podcast please share it subscribe, do all the fun things and go follow the ladies guide. If you enjoyed all of this information in such an easy way to, I think, um, like digest it and understand it, then you're on the right track to following someone who's going to help you feel, feel really good. Mm -hmm. Um, all right, until next time.